Sometimes my burning, 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 I'm okay! episode recap of the 1980s cartoon Gem and the Holograms, because it is outrageously filled with subtext in this episode. This is episode 31, which uh, you may be questioning yourself, why is this episode 31 after we just finished episode 8 on our posting order? Uh, well, that's because this is season 2, episode 5, The Bands Break Up, a.k.a. the Kimber Stormer going solo duo episode. Uh, we wanted to skip ahead and cover it after finishing Starbright Part 3, uh, because it relates a lot to the comic series that's out right now. And uh, we figured Kit probably deserves some context here. And so do you. And so do you, dear Internet. Just sort of bear with us. We'll be back next time with the World Hunger Shindig, Episode 9. But in any case, whatever episode you're about to queue up next, you're going to love it. But for now, the bands break up. Now, uh, since this is an out-of-continuity episode, a quick note about some things. Uh, this is Season 2, which means that we just finished up recently a two-parter where both the Misfits and the Holograms get an extra member, uh, Rhea for the Holograms and Jetta for the Misfits. Uh, if you're reading the comic, uh, Jetta is part of the band from the start in the comic, but, uh, but she's basically just recently joined up here. Otherwise, business as usual. Yeah, this is very much a filler episode. So there's not there's not a lot of continuity to worry about here. And honestly, we're not going to reference this episode much going forward, which is really a disappointment. I mean, in terms of like characterization. I do want to point out before we get started, Marv Wolfman was one of the co-writers on this episode. Comic book legend, uh, Teen Titans Marv Wolfman, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths Marv Wolfman. Wait, what? Marv Wolfman is a co-writer on this episode. Oh my god, this just adds further mysteries. So the holograms, who are sadly not Disco Wing in, in the Teen Titans, <laughs> they're going to do a new song. Wow, nothing nothing is as cool as that. Uh, this is blowing my mind. <laughs> and they're basically arguing about whether they should be up-tempo or a slow ballad, and Kimber wants more creative input. But this is not something that you argue over while you're recording the song. Yeah, this feels like something they should have talked out beforehand. Yeah, yeah, just kind of, like, popping in with this while they're kind of making stuff up. And I, I don't know. I mean, the weird part is that they're even doing this, like, Jerrica even transforms into Gem in one of her worst outfits ever, by the way, which is the <laughs> orange and pink polka dot sweater with elbow gloves outfit. She transforms into Gem to do this band rehearsal, which I don't understand. They just start playing what is actually getting down to business. <laughs> and it's like, guys, guys, you already, you already did, guys. You already did that one. Maybe so maybe Kimber has a point here about wanting to do a ballad. Of course the best thing about this fight is that Kimber kicks oh like she sparta kicks her keyboard over and it hits the ground and then she storms off. Because what they said was, Yeah, we're older. You gotta do what we say, right? Wrong It's great. It's like <laughs> she's going solo again for like probably the fifth time this week, let's be honest. Meanwhile, over at the Misfits, uh 
It should be noted that Kimber had some lyrics that she wanted to work out. Meanwhile, Stormer's got a song, a melody that she's interested in that uh, Roxy says sounds like dinosaurs snoring. They call her Miss Fuss Budget, and then they and then after Stormer requests that they get serious, they I don't really have words for what happens here, guys. I think there's a colander involved. Yeah, Pizzazz puts a colander on her head like it's a hat, and then she starts singing like opera. Except she's actually a pretty solid opera singer. Yeah, that's actually some good, some decent vibrato in there. She's got a good range. Anyway, Stormer's had enough, and she stalks out. Ah, she storms out. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. (laughs) Limp Lizards! Kimber and Stormer head off to a lounge lizard show uh, starring the Limp Lizards. Yeah, Kimber orders a milkshake at this nightclub, and the bartender is just like, oh, scrumptious. Like, she's, he's so unimpressed with her as a person. <laughs> well, I mean, I also noticed later that he gives her, like, a strawberry soda. And then Stormer comes popping in, and she's like, oh my god, she just rapid fires out this order about, like, a vanilla Coke and, like, a gigantic, <laughs> very specific ice cream sundae. And it's like, Stormer, you've been here before. You know what's up. Also, the limp lizards are singing a song which appears to be called My Life is a Garbage Heap, and the limp lizards are the band of my soul forever and always. I love the limp lizards. They're the band from, like, episode one was when they were introduced as, like, a background group for this, like, battle the bands of the misfits had. And they keep showing up. I love them. They're, like, all these weedy-looking people in, like, alligator suit onesies. Kimber and Stormer notice they're sitting next to each other, and, oh my god, you guys, I know Stormer's the sweetheart, but she, like, she smack talks Kimber. She dresses her down, it's amazing. Stormer's like, oh, it's Kimber, the kid hologram. Where's your big sister, creepo? She let you out after 4.30? Jeez, Stormer. Stormer is awesome. Holy crap, I didn't know she had it in her. And so, after the limp lizards are done... The MC, who looks like, I don't know, a, a circus ringmaster, basically yeah. pulls, like, the biggest faux pas and not only points out the celebrities visiting her establishment, but then pressures them to come on stage. Yeah, and Kimber and Stormer, they, like, reluctantly decide to acquiesce and perform together on stage, and it's all very Leia Han Solo antagonism. It's, yeah. They're five seconds away from calling, from calling each other scruffy nerf herder scoundrels. And then, like, basically they put their music and their lyrics together and they create I'm Okay, which is the only song by Kimber and Stormer. And it's backed up by the, you know, the Limp Lizards. Yeah, that's why this is the best song ever, because yeah. the Limp Lizards played back up. It's weird. Kimber and Stormer both have the exact same singing voice. This is a woman that I don't think we ever hear in the rest of the show. And, oh, my God, it's, like, this throaty thing that's so unique and it's weird. And hearing it come out of, like, an 18-year-old girl and however old Stormer is, it's, like, complete dissonance. It's an odd experience. It's almost, it it sounds like the kind of music my mom would listen to. Like, right now, my mom calls me and asks me how she can find Michael Buble music. I could see her calling me and asking me how to find this music. I'm okay! I'm feeling myself! I'm okay! You're not my real mom! I can do what I want! I'm okay! Which is basically the gist of these songs. It's, it's each of them, like, the, mu- the, the music video itself is both of them, like, sort of breaking apart from the misfits and the holograms, respectively, just, like, being like, I'm gonna do it myself. Anyway, they end off the song with their faces really close together, and my notes here just say, in all caps, NOW KISS! And the MC is like, oh my god, you guys were great, come back and play again, and they're like, well, if you want to, 
Yeah, if you wanna. Okay. Okay, sure. It's all very first date. Meanwhile, Kimber's at home and which is maybe my favorite scene of this episode. She's doing she's changing her makeup. Gasp. She's doing something else outrageous with her face. Jerrica's like, where are you going? Because they're still mad at each other. And Kimber's like, you don't care about me. And it's amazing. It's this total, like, bad boyfriend vibe here. Star picks Kimber up at the mansion, like, pulls up, and Kimber gets in. It's all very, like, biker boyfriend, you know, with Jerrica screaming, get back here this instant. Yeah, it really (laughs) is. And they're like, where's she going? I know who my real friends are. And Stormer's driving the car and they just drive away and it's amazing. Stormer should be wearing a leather jacket. That's what this scene is. She really should. This is absolutely the bad boyfriend scene. Anyway, they keep performing together, and my favorite character shows up, a concert promoter named Dave Danielson, who sounds a little bit like Pickles the Drummer from Metalocalypse. He has this really bad accent, and he's like, I basically have him noted as evil promoter. (laughs) Oh, don't worry about that fine print, darling. I'm going to give you some cash up front for, you know, some collateral. Yeah, yeah, like, he's like, I can, I see zeros here. And he pauses, zeros as in millions. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere Daddy Gabor bus pops up. <laughs> Someone say millions? Like a gopher out of his hole. I also want to note that Kimber sees this contract that he gives him and says, this contract is pages and pages long. Like, this tells me that Kimber is used to contracts that are about a page in length. I also want to point out that they, uh, Dave Danielson, I still can't believe that's his name, is waving around this wad of cash as like a cash advance for the record. And I looked, I, I paused it. It's a stack of ones. <laughs> He's waving around at maximum $20 in singles. And so they're just like, well, okay, we can give up half of my, half of my recording company, which I apparently am, a, and I own 50% of, despite not really doing anything with it. Sure, this is fine. They sign it away, and it's like, this has been two idiots negotiating. How are they both inexperienced enough to sign a huge contract without reading it? I have no idea. I don't get it. It's like, you don't you don't even want to, like, hire a lawyer to look over this thing? You don't even want to, like, skim it? You're members of two of the most popular music bands in the world right now. If one of you disappears, society collapses. We see it in season three. But they do it. They sign it. And then it turns out that the reason you should never sign contracts without reading them is not because it means that if you steal an everlasting gobstopper, you're you're exempt from winning the chocolate factory. It's because your promoter is probably working for your arch nemesis, Eric Raymond. And this is maybe one of Eric's most convoluted schemes. We're, We're setting aside the pizzazz convoluted scheme, which is a whole different kettle of fish. He hired a promoter to make it hard for them to make an album so he would get 50% of Starlight Music, which is not a controlling share. But he also acts as though he will own it at this point if he gets 50%. (laughs) So does he own, like, one share of stock already? Or is this a publicly traded company? I don't know. Unbeknownst to them, this this whole thing is happening. But meanwhile, Kimber and Stormer sort of debut on Lindsay's talk show. They're sitting right next to each other. They're practically in each other's laps. They have nothing to say but, like, how much they mean to each other. And this is where the misfits and the holograms find out that Kimber and Stormer are a thing. Rhea points out, look at the makeup on Kimber. Ugh. Does anyone in this show have room to talk? 
Not only that, but I can't actually tell the difference between Kimber's holograms makeup and Kimber's bad influence makeup. It looks exactly the same. I think there's more pink, I think. Maybe. Kimber and Stormer have a concert together, and, and, the, and the Misfits and the Holograms show up, and we get Bad Influence, which is look, sounds like it should be out of West Side Story. Thank you! It does! That's what I have in my notes, West Side Story. It's very Sharks versus Jets. I mean, but, it's like you expect in the middle of it, they're just going to stop, start doing a snap break, and go crazy, cool, crazy, cool. But like most uh, combined songs between the two bands, it's actually not bad. I, I actually really enjoy Bad Influence a lot. No, it's a good song. Misfits hologram songs are always really solid. Although, like, the choreography in this number is... It's, it's awful. Wow. They just <laughs> okay. sort of, like, walk in a line with one hand on a hip and the other finger pointing straight up. <laughs> and, okay, look, just to add to this vibe here, you guys, there's a line in this... Where Pizzazz is bad-mouthing Kimber, and she she tells Stormer, she'll break your heart in two. Is this subtext at this point? I think we're just into text here now. After the music video ends, uh, Stormer and Kimber, they, like, vow to be best friends forever. Yep, just gals being pals. Walking down the aisle, arm in arm. <laughs> Taking gal pal vows. <laughs> I have some of this written down here, you guys, because it, this this... This subtext was too part was too heavy for me, which was, I like being with Kimber. We have to play together. We want to, and nobody can stop us. And then afterwards, after they all leave, Stormer's like, at least your group cares about you. The misfits just want to exploit me. Nobody cares about me. I care about you, Stormer. Friends forever against the world. Okay. Yep. This is happening. They gotta be kissing. There's no way they're not making out after this scene. I mean, everything about this episode, it's like, we were talking about this before we started recording, there's not a lot of content here, but there's a lot of, of subtext. It reads in a way where this cannot possibly not be deliberate. It's like, far be it from me to say that, that women cannot be strong friends, but this goes so far beyond it in the way that these characters behave with each other. This is, it, it's a it's a very flirtatious romantic mood that they are setting here. But no homo. No homo. No homo. It's basically the asterisk of this entire episode. And, and one that they have a hard time bringing up consistently. Jerrica is still worried about the quote-unquote bad influence that Stormer is on Kimber. So she goes through her room to find the contract. Which she does find. She glances over it, and after like less than ten seconds of looking at this, she's like, "If you don't make this album a hit, they're gonna lose fifty percent of the band of the of the company who can't dance music." So, do you know who owns Can't Dance Music? Eric Raymond. I don't know how she knows this. I guess she just keeps keeps tabs on the guy, maybe using Malone, the greatest detective ever. And I have to ask you guys: This is another scheme where Eric has specifically targeted Kimber. What is Eric Raymond's deal? I want to say that he's just, like, targeting the weak link, but no, this goes way beyond that. This is straight-up obsession. And he's always sort of talking to her in a sort of a, not like a sexual seduction, but like a a, a power seduction sort of thing. This is always his angle with her, and I don't get it. Does he have some kind of personal interest? Is he secretly her dad? Kimber, I am your father. That's not true! That's outrageous! <laughs> So with this revelation, the stakes are higher than they've ever been before for the episode. They keep trying to record all this stuff. They have an evil sound guy. They have lousy backup singer auditions. 
everything's going poorly. And the misfits are not doing so well. Jedha just straight up throws her saxophone to the ground, which is like, yeah, sure, those things aren't easily bent. That's a thing you can just toss around with no consequences. Yeah, it's fine. The holograms are arguing because Kimber was integral. Kimber calls the evil sound guy a miserable creep. Everything's going badly. And then the misfits decide, well, fine, let's get Stormer back. Let's buy her a Porsche. And also a bunch of credit cards because, yay, crippling debt. They say, here, we bought you a Porsche. And then they point at what is clearly a red Honda Civic. (laughs) (laughs) And they buy her a car, and then they tell her to go clothes shopping. And then Stormer's like, well, I guess this means you appreciate me, and you're not bribing me. So, yeah, okay. She leaves a note that's like, I'm sorry, I'm going back to the Misfits, and Kimber's heartbroken. And then... After the shopping spree, Stormer is also heartbroken because she's just sitting in what is ostensibly her room and looks at a picture of her and Kimber. She has a framed picture of herself and Kimber by her bedside that she stares at and sighs wistfully at. I'm not making any of this up. Look at this, A. Floyd. Watch this episode, A. Floyd. No homo, apparently. No homo, gal pals, A. Floyd. So I guess some kind of deadline has shown up. Again, time and space is is timey-wimey in here. Kimber admits to Eric Raymond that she can't finish the album. He's not surprised that she's found out that he's the culprit behind this. And just as she's ready to sort of sign this thing over via, I think, a verbal agreement, Stormer comes back and she's like, I finished the harmony track. Our album's done. She has this, she has this tape that she, that she hands to Eric who holds it as though he's never seen a reel before. (laughs) I mean, it's like, it's like the Mass Effect 2 stock animation. Is this a gun I'm holding? And as they're and as they're sort of celebrating that they finished the album and now they just have to promote it, which Eric says he won't, Stormer's like, You gave me something nobody else ever did, and we all hold our breath. And she says, Sincere friendship. And we're like, Oh we're still doing this, are we? I mean they they keep building us up. Like mm-hmm. just yeah. kiss, for God's sake. I, that's most of the tension in this episode. It's not dramatic tension, it's it's sexual tension. Well, it's a kid's show, so more like romantic tension, but yeah. So Kimber and Stormer go to the holograms, and they're like, so Eric's not going to promote this album. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll do it. Group hug. We have our third our third music video, where it basically confirms the thinly veiled lesbian romance everything. They're frolicking down a beach, holding hands. Although my all-time favorite part of the video is when they're holding an article about Kimber and Stormer in Ramblin' Rock magazine. I see what you did there, Jem. I see it. In a, in in the opening crawl of this, when they have some other, like, band mem- band people, like other famous musicians of the time, uh, these are actually cameos from some people from the, uh, from the episode, I believe, the Gem Jam, where they just have, like, not Bruce Springsteen, not Janet Jackson, not Michael Jackson. It's It's pretty great. And it, it should be noted that Getting Down to Business is, of course, a rehash song, which uh, which if you're listening to all these in order by now, you are well familiar with. So the album actually goes double platinum, which means that it is sold. And I think this might actually just be a single because I've never heard these two sing any other songs. This single goes double platinum, which means it is sold over two million records. Holy jeez, you guys. The thirst is real. So they're celebrating the success, and the misfits come by, and they're straight up like, this is the most humble I've ever seen them. They come back, and they actually beg Stormer back. 
they actually need her if the holograms don't. And Stormer's like, well, yeah, I guess that's true. Okay, but you guys have to, uh, you guys have to listen to me from now on. They're like, yeah, sure, we'll do that. And then basically the episode ends on uh, Stormer and Kimber having a passionate neck-nuzzling embrace. Uh, they, they hug goodbye, and it was fun, Stormer. It was more than fun, Kimber. We learned a lot about each other. And a little bit about life. Just kiss! My final note on this episode is just one line. Well, that was extremely heterosexual. All right, so like we said, this just isn't a very long episode to talk about. But, um, Kit, you're such a huge fan of Kimber Stormer in the comic. Uh, I, I just want to hear your thoughts on this episode uh, in general, since this is sort of the... This episode is the impetus for that whole relationship, essentially. I can see where it's coming from now, 100%. It was just so gay, and they didn't kiss, and I'm mad. I would go so far as to say this qualifies as hella gay. And this is the weird part, is that we have this episode, we have the hint that it's going to return to status quo, and then, like, these characters basically never talk again. So, yeah, this is sort of, this is where all that comes from. Again, uh, in terms of post-order, next week we'll be going back to... uh, to the World Hunger Shindig, which is actually where we'll meet another one of Kimber's longtime boyfriends. So, Kimber kisses for everybody. Except Stormer. So, this has been the Kimber Stormer episode. Maybe the gayest thing ever in this show. And it is a shame it is not gayer, frankly. We all wish that it was, to be entirely honest. I think we'll carry this in our hearts, and we will... Every issue that comes out of the IDW Gem comic that delves further into the Kimber Stormer relationship, I think is one that we will be thankful for. Take that, A. Floyd. So, until next time, dear listeners, I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this has been the Gem Jam, where we remind you that every cloud has an outrageous lining.